Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio, an interview series for authors in transformation. From the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing your books. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule and archive shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash book dash journeys. Now, get ready to make a difference with your book with your host, founder of the author incubator, Dr. Angela Loria. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio. We are back with another exciting episode. Uh, We are going to be talking this week to Kathy Groover. I think it's actually Dr. Kathy Groover. She is the author of The Alternative Medicine Cabinet. And uh, so today we're going to be talking about her book. Kathy, so much for being with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, terrific. Well, I guess to kick us off, why don't you tell us about the Alternative Medicine Cabinet? What's your book about and who's it for? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's for anybody that wants to make really self-propelled changes in their lives. Um, I, tell, I have to start off by saying I'm not opposed to Western medicine, uh, but I think we have to pull the best aspects of that and the best of complementary alternative medicine, and that's what I really tried to do in this book. Um, it starts out really general. What are homeopathics? How to use them? What is Reiki? What are the different types of massage? Um, I still have a very active massage practice, and people ask me all the time, you know, what is this type versus this type? I explain all that stuff to people. Um, you know, I really wanted to make it clear that alternative medicine doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be this thing you sneak into a back room and you find some, uh, you know, cloaked woman with a potion. I mean, it can be very mainstream and really easy to incorporate into your lives. So then I get the book much more specific, talking about things like cancer and weight loss and different ways that you can incorporate this into your life very easily with subtle changes. It doesn't have to be this all-or-nothing thing. And I've gotten great compliments from people who know alternative medicine who say it's a really great reminder, and also from people who aren't familiar with it who said it's a great primer. It's a great introduction to, to introducing that type of, of medicine into your life. So uh, it's an easy read. It's fun. I've had people tell me it, uh, it sounds as if I'm reading it aloud to them because I write very much the way I speak. It's a very organic process awesome. for me. And it's fun. I have a little aside, a little smart every comments, and I might, you know, disparage myself a little bit if I do something stupid, and I put that in the book. And uh, you know, I just I want to make it. I want to make it a fun journey. Um, anybody can, you know, write a very dry blah 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 kind of technical book. And I put in technical, but I also put in fun because that's just sort of me. So yeah, that's, a, that's, that's it in a nutshell. It's and it's won a couple of awards, and- which I'm really excited about. That's awesome. So we're going to talk about rewards in a second, but I want to talk about how you reach the point to write this book because you actually are a natural health practitioner. You mentioned that you are a massage therapist, trained as a massage therapist and worked as a massage therapist, but you've actually done quite a number of things, right? So what are some of the other uh, natural medicine practices that you're certified in or that you've practiced uh, with actual clients? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I started out as a massage therapist, and it's so funny because I found people were laying on my table and asking me very not massage-related questions. They asked about, you know, their uncle's heart surgery, and they just had this blood test, and my kid has autism. And, you know, I found that they really wanted me to be a health practitioner for them and not just a massage therapist. So I got my doctorate as a traditional naturopath, and that wasn't still quite enough for me. So uh, I got my master's and Ph.D. in natural health, and with that I incorporated a lot of the stress in the mind-body medicine. So that's a huge part of what I do. In fact, I wrote two more books about stress uh, because I had to add that in. And then I'm right now finishing up. I I, I, I can't stop writing. It's an addiction. Um, I am finishing up a hypnotherapy program, which I'm really excited about. And I work a little bit with herbs and homeopathics, a lot with nutrition. And I speak around the country on all of those topics and, and, you know, the lecturing and the writing and TV and radio. And and I I just love... Letting people know that they have other options, uh, I find it very empowering to people to know that they don't have to be a slave to what their doctor tells them, that they can actually ask questions and make different choices, and that just that really excites me to get to, to help people to know that. Wow, that's awesome. And I do see, so I know people can read more about the Alternative Medicine Cabinet uh, actually at thealternativemedicinecabinet.com. Um, but I've digged in a little more, and I went to KathyGroover.com, and Kathy's last, Kathy's very groovy last name is spelled <laughs> G is in George, R is in Romeo, U is in Uniform, B is in Victor, E is in Elephant, R is in Romeo. So it's Kathy, uh, K-A-T-H-Y, Groover.com. And you uh, seem to collect certifications, ma'am. <laughs> you have done a lot of training. Like, this has been your full-time job. How did you finally get yourself out of the classroom long enough to write a book? What was it that made you want to sit down and take this amazing body of knowledge and put it into this sort of a primer book? This, this as you said, was your first book, so we'll, we'll talk about the others as well. But how, how did you kind of, um, I don't know, settle yourself down to do that? What settle? No, I mean, um, <laughs> somebody asked me this morning what I do in my what I do in my free time, and I said, I'm sorry, what's free time? Right? Um, no, you know, it it grew out of an, out of two different things. Um, one was very practical, which was, you know, I was working one on one with people in my office, and I thought, God, you know, I want to reach more people. How do I do that? And there was a local magazine that was looking for a, a, like a fitness magazine, and I met the guy at like a business function, he said, hey, why don't you write an article for me? And I said, okay, how about on the different types of massage? Because, again, that's really confusing for a lot of people. You know, shiatsu versus hot stone versus Swedish, what is all that? So I wrote this really mm. fun article. He put it in a magazine. And then I started writing more from there. And I ended up writing for some of the big massage magazines and, you know, different people's blogs. And being that I was in school, I had to write papers. I had to do projects. And then the second way the book came about is I used to be an actress. I was a performer in Hollywood for years and years, grew up acting, and I wanted to do public speaking. And I had met a gal at a business function, and she was a public speaker, and I said, you know, I I feel like I need to get with the Speakers Bureau. And she looked at me and she said, oh, well, great. Well, you have a book, right? And I went, uh, (laughs) what do you mean? And she said, oh, a Speakers Bureau will not touch you unless you have a book. Yeah, I'm working on that. Oh, geez, I guess I better write a book. It's funny you should um, mention it. 
yeah, I just happened to, I wrote one this morning. Uh, so I sat down and I thought, what the heck am I going to write? I mean, I seriously never thought I'm going to write books. It, it, my husband's a writer. He, he's the writer in the family. I'm a practitioner. Um, and I sat down and I started from scratch to write this very technical, very complicated book. And I got about 20 words into it and realized I have all this stuff I've already written. So I pulled all these articles and all these projects and all these papers that I had to write for school, and I realized, oh, my God, I have a book. Um, so that's where it grew out of, the practicality of wanting to reach more and more people, which I have with the book, but then also realizing to be an expert in my field, to really be taken seriously as a speaker, as a, you know, a presenter, I needed to have that book. Um, so there was kind of a twofold reason for writing it. I love it, and I love so many people don't realize how much content they have, even if it's content you've generated by answering client emails or on your mm. blog. But then to think about during your trainings and certifications or even just two-day conferences you've attended, what is yep. the, the journaling or the papers or the articles that you've generated? And sometimes just to print them all out and look at them can be just a tremendous resource so you're not starting with a blank page. Um, so that's, well, that, that's, that's an amazing tip right there. Well, and that's exactly what I did. You know, I, I keep all the magazines. I keep all the printouts of things I had written. And, of course, I, I was still in school when I wrote my first book. Um, so I was in the midst of studying school and writing the book and having my practice. And I have a husband that wants to see me every once in a while. That's just crazy. Mm. Um, so, Needy. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I know, right? I put everything out on the floor and spread it out and went, oh, my God, I've written a lot. I mean, you don't think about it until you look at it all in one big pile and realize, wow, I have quite a body of work. Um, and when I put the book together, I changed some things and added some things. And um, I think I would do it completely differently now, but, you know, it's already it's done. Um, but, yeah, it was such a fascinating process to figure out how everything intricately fit and what do I want to put in and what is really important to tell people. And I, it was such a fun process. I actually really did enjoy it. That is fantastic. And I love this. Let's shatter this myth right now. I hope you will go on this journey with me. Mm -hmm. I hear so many people, so many clients that want to work with me on a book will call me and they'll talk about how they dread writing and how writing a book is drudgery and how hard it is to write a book. And, and I think you can help me shatter this myth because when you are coming to something that you are passionate about and you love and when you can look at all the resources you have supporting you, it doesn't have to be drudgery. Right. There were certainly moments where I went, oh, God. You know, um, but for the most part, it was writing down ideas and pulling ideas I already had and just organizing them and expanding upon them. Um, you know, taking, like you said, a blog entry or a journal entry and turning that into a chapter. Um, and one of the things, my brain works really, really fast. <laughs> As you can tell, I talk really fast. I walk fast. I'm from the East Coast originally. Um, not good at sitting still. So to sit down in front of the computer and type, really difficult for me sometimes because my brain goes faster than my fingers. Mm. So what I do is I dictate. Um, and we have this fabulous it. invention called the iPhone that has a notes feature. And, you know, literally I just did two really big interviews for magazines where they sent me, you know, 15 questions that needed at least two or three paragraphs as an answer. I would never, I'd still be typing. I dictated it into my phone. 
I'm sitting here getting an oil change this morning, and I dictated my answers. And the other thing I really like about doing that is it makes it natural. Um, and that's what was really hard for me when I had to write my dissertation. You know, as a PhD, you, it is very technical. So I couldn't be smart alecky and say can't and don't and won't. It has to be cannot and will not and should not. And no one talks <laughs> that way. So it drove me crazy. But yeah, if you have trouble writing, speak, talk. You know, yeah. it's, it's an easy way to get that book out. I love that. And for you, you've obviously written more than one book. So let's talk about your other books. But I want to talk about it in the concept of there has to be a reason after you finish your book that you've gone on to write three more books. I know you're working on your fourth. So what is it that having that first book did for you that made you want a second, a third, a fourth, and now maybe a fifth? It was, and again, it's that twofold thing. Part of it was I got so many great compliments of, oh, my God, I keep your book in my bathroom. I'm reading it all the time. Everybody should have it in their house. It's such a great resource. You know, I was hearing that feedback all the time. And, you know, you hold that book in your hand and you stroke the cover and there's truly this sense of pride of this is something I created. And I don't have kids. You know, I'm sure people, you know, mothers look at their kids and go, oh, my God, this being I created. Well, that's the book for me. Um, you know, it's this tangible thing that you can look at and say, this is mine. This is my legacy. I'm leaving this to help people. Um, there was a confidence that came from that and that desire to share even more knowledge. And the advantage with my second and third book is, again, they were kind of already written because they were my dissertation. I did this mm. phenomenal this phenomenal dissertation on stress and mind-body medicine, and I thought, what a shame! Only three people are going to read it. Um, you can't handle you, you can't hand people a bound piece of paper, all your papers, and go, "Here's my book." Yeah. Um, so, so I really wanted to share that knowledge, and you know, stress is such a huge issue in our society right now. So, it needed to be told. It was again that thing that I need to get this information out there. So, I wrote two versions of basically my dissertation: one for other practitioners and one for the general public. Um, and it was a matter of reorganizing and adding things and making it more public friendly. I took all my cannots and will nots and made them cans and won'ts and uh, altered that document into what turned out to be a phenomenal book on stress. That's awesome. So run people through all your books, and, and can we find them all at Amazon? Yeah, they're all on Amazon, and then they're also all on the website you mentioned earlier, which is the Alternative Medicine Cabinet. Okay, so I, I want to, you've talked about uh, obviously working with clients and the clients that have maybe found you through your books, but you've also, um, you, you have quite a lot of experience speaking, and yeah. uh, both for corporations and also for like conferences and events. So how, do, how has having a book helped you as a speaker, uh, you know, are there, opportunities that you have had that you wouldn't have had? What are some of the things that have come out of having uh, your book? Yeah, I don't know that I necessarily, you know, that someone went, oh, she has a book, she can speak. Necessarily. I mean, I don't, I'm not the selection people, so I don't know how they feel about that. But I think once you especially have more than one, uh, because I found that I was taken even more seriously, it's like, oh, Kathy Gruber, author of, the alternative medicine cabinet, when you have three, <laughs> um, yeah. you're taking even that, that much more seriously. 
And I have another book that I collaborated on about business and marketing your medical practice. So that's, I guess, three and a half. And now oh, I'm wow. working on four and a half. Um, and that one was written yeah, I mean, that one was written from scratch. And collaboration in the writing process, geez, we could have a whole show on that. Um, but, you know, I think people view you as an expert that way. Um, the second they hear that you've written multiple books, you're immediately an expert. And when I talk to people about what I do and when they, you know, the, the societal question of, you know, what do you do? I never know how to answer that because mm. I do so many things. And I don't want to say I'm an author necessarily because to me my husband is the writer i mean I, i've never really worn that role the way he does because i'm a practitioner and i'm a speaker and i'm a tv host and i'm a you know i do so many things i never know how to answer that question so i dispel it you know i, I throw it back on them what do you do <laughs> um yeah, what do you do? but i think having the books you know, really places you as an expert and to be taken more seriously in your field, and I'm talking specifically nonfiction, you know, um, it, it really has propelled me into getting more media attention. And what I see that it does do, and for example, right before I got on with you, I was talking to a gentleman who's writing an article for a big um, magazine for salesmen about stress. And I saw the query. And I responded to it, and I said, you know, I'm the author of the award-winning book, Conquer Your Stress with Mind-Body Techniques. Here's what I suggest. I'd love to answer the questions for you. And he was on the phone with me in a book. So in that way, having that book places you as an expert for magazine interviews and to be quoted in things. And, you know, I've been quoted in major publications and on major websites and major news channels. And um, it places you, I mean, it places you as an expert. It shows you an, an area of knowledge that has been recognized. And that's one of the things I want to do. You know, I, I figure the more my name's out there, the more I can help people with what I write about, which is health mm. and stress and, you know, those things. That's, that's the ultimate. Pr- and to be da- on Dancing with the Stars. But now I'm working on that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, right. So we need a lot more media attention to get on Dancing with the Stars, clearly. I'm, I'm working um, on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> so give me the before and after. So if you before you became before you became an author, um, have you done any speaking? And how? What were those? What was the size of those speaking engagements? How much did you get paid, or were you paid? What were those engagements like? And then how does it happen now that you get asked to be a speaker? And has the pay changed, or the size of the audience, or anything like that? You know, I can't honestly say there's been much of a before and after. Um, it, with the speaking thing, it's it's really changed. And I was having this conversation with a gal this morning. What I'm finding in my field is that very few places pay to have you come speak. And for okay. most of the conferences, so all these like, you know, natural product shows and health expos and da 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 what I have found, and it's so frustrating, is not only do they not pay you to be there, oftentimes they want you to pay to attend the conference and or they require that you have a booth there. Wow. And I, looked at, I know. I looked at some of these conferences, and it's, you know, $1,200 to have a booth, and you get 15 minutes to talk. Well, you know, that's great if you're repping some huge nutraceutical company or if you're, you know, someone like Christian North or Andrew Weil where you're selling 30 different books and you have this huge name. I can't justify standing at a booth for three days for $1,200 to sell a $15 book. Um, so I have 
I don't want to say missed out on, but I've applied for a lot of speaking gigs because that's the situation. The other thing I'm seeing now is, yes, you can come speak, but you're not allowed to sell anything. So, for mm. example, I just I just did a huge conference in New Orleans. It was probably one of the biggest I've done. I got amazing, amazing recognition, and the place was packed. They put me in a room that sat 250, and there must have been 280 in there. They opened doors, and people were in the hall listening. I mean, it was so awesome. But what was frustrating is not only did I have to pay my own way to be there, um, but they gave me some meals. They gave me, you know, uh, luncheons, and I got to go to their parties and blah, blah, blah. It was a great time. Um, But with the 280 people that watched me speak, I guarantee you I could have sold at least 50 or 75 bucks. But you're not allowed to sell. So I, ha- I handed out cards, I gave people my website, and I really hope they go to it and buy a book. They're probably not going to. You know, it's in that moment, it's that back of the room thing um, where you really sell the most of your books, and that's where I sold the most of mine. Um, I have had very few paid speaking gigs. They're really hard to come by. Um, I've been speaking for years. I've done, you know, 200 radio and TV shows. I've done well over 100 lectures around the world. I can't get a speaker's bureau to talk to me. Wow. With three books, award-winning, the the acting background, the TV show, they don't want me. I feel so rejected. It is definitely competitive out there. How do you Mm -hmm. feel like having the book has set you apart? What are are some of the things that have made it – valuable to you in in your career has it helped at the individual client level or yeah where do you see that yeah no i think i i don't want to say that it's not helped at all um i just think the world of speaking has changed um you know so that's not Mm. necessarily a reflection on having a book or not well the way this has helped i have to say having the book got me the tv show so that's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, I have a TV show based on my book, The Alternative Medicine Cabinet. Um, I got that because I had the book. You know, um, I walked into the, the producer's office and I handed him the book and I said, I want to do a show based on this. And it ended up working out. <laughs> now, that's not going to wow. work for everybody. But, I mean, that was, that was a huge thing. Um, it has gotten me, I'm sure, some of the speaking gigs I, do, I have gotten. It's because I had a book. You know, and like I said, getting some of the magazine stuff and some of the radio things has only been because I have the book. Um, mm-hmm. I do, I do uh, you know, these business workshops, and I've had people say, I want to do radio. And I say, that's great. Well, what do you have to offer? And they don't really have anything. Um, you know, and, and I found that very few radio shows, you know, want just someone on to randomly talk about stuff. You know, you have to have a product, a service, a book, something that you're – that is newsworthy that you're talking about. Um, so if for no other reason I encourage people to write, even if it's a short book, um, to have something to offer to people when you are speaking and doing radio and things like that. So it's definitely been valuable. And my clients love it. It's, and, you know, um, I've sold a good handful of them. You know, it's just really exciting. So when you set out to write a book, you probably had some ideas in your head of, of what that would be like. How has uh, being an author met your expectations, and then how has it surprised you? What are some of the things that didn't go how you thought they would? I thought it was going to be harder than it was. I really did. Um, And, again, I had the advantage in that I had already written a lot of the components of it and just had to put it together in in a very cohesive way, but it was easier. 
Um, and, you know, now as I sit down to write the next one, it's actually going pretty easy. Um, so, you know, it's not as hard as you think it is. And oftentimes we put those blocks in our own minds. <laughs> we can, we're really powerful and we can talk ourselves in and out of things. So talk yourself into it. Um, what, what surprised me was it's been, it's been harder to sell than I thought. Um, you know, you expect, you know, all of your friends on Facebook and all these people that communicate with you, you expect them to line up and buy a book and they'll like it. <laughs> but they right. won't buy it, and I'm like, "Well, you buy it's twelve dollars. Buy the book." You know, they have no problem asking me for free health advice on Facebook, but they didn't buy the book. You know, some did. Some were incredibly supportive. They bought three and four copies. They gave them to their family. It was a harder sell than I thought, and I think that's a hard thing right now too. Is you know, the publishing industry is so different, and you know, like I'm in Santa Barbara, we don't have a big bookstore. We have no Borders or Barnes and Noble or any of those types of stores. We have two local bookstores, and that's it, um, maybe maybe three. But, you know, so I think the world of books is starting to change, and um, I don't want to say it's a dying breed because I only want books. I don't have a Kindle. I don't have some electronic thing to read on. But I think it's going to be harder in the future to stand out um, and to make yourself really uh, unique with your books. I think we still have to keep writing them. We have to, if for no other reason than to express ourselves. It's such a great release. But I think in the future, as we move forward, selling them might be a challenge. Mm, absolutely. And actually, the new Amazon model, this sort of all-you-can-eat model, $10 a month, uh, kind of like the Netflix model, I think is an mm-hmm. interesting way we're going to see our readers' relationships to our books change. Uh, that it's not going to be necessarily such a direct purchase. Um, kind of the way that, you know, the movies industry has changed. We used to go to the store and buy a DVD or a, or a VHS tape, and now you buy Netflix and you watch what's on there. It's all about the distribution deal. Right, right, right. So I guess in our last minute or two, what I want to ask you is really about being somebody who sets a goal and finishes it. So many people have spent months years or even decades saying, I want to write a book. And you've actually done that. You've done it a few times, and you'll probably do it a few more. And if you met one of these people at a cocktail party or if a, you know, if a friend said, I'd really love your advice on this, how do I get past my procrastination? How do I get this done? What is the last thing, what's what's the last bit of advice you can leave our listeners with on how to really achieve this goal? Yeah, I think one of the big things I see with that is that people have to realize is it's never going to be perfect. And people will fuss with it for a decade, changing the, you know, moving things around and changing the punctuation. At some point, you just have to be done with it. You can't keep fiddling. Um, And I know people that are like that. They've had a book they've been, quote, writing for 15 years. It's done. Turn it in, you know. Um, Because to me that says maybe you don't really want to have the book. Maybe you want to say you're writing it because there's some secondary gain to that. Um, Just step it in, turn it in, and be finished with it. At some point you have to cut the cord on that. Um, Or then say (laughs) you're a writer but you've never finished a book. You know, um, I don't know. I'm very goal-oriented. So when I set out to do stuff, I just I do it. I, I, I just do. That's my personality. Um, but I, I do see a lot of people procrastinating because they want to make it perfect. It, it's never perfect. It's never, ever perfect. Right. So just right. it's done. Pick a date and it's or, finished. I, I, I love that. Pick a date and it's finished. Cut the cord. 
accept that your book is going to be imperfect and no matter how much time you spent perfecting it, in a year you'll be different, in six months you'll be different, and you'll be like, oh, I would totally write this differently now. So yep. I think that is a huge uh, obstacle. And you and you hit on something else, too, um, which is really that for some people there is a secondary, often subconscious benefit to say I'm working on a book. And yep. that maybe there's some part of you that doesn't really want to finish uh, clearly, that was not your case. Kathy Groover is uh, the author of The Medicine Cabinet and other books as well. But you can go to the alternativemedicinecabinet.com. I'm sorry, her book name and her book title is The Alternative Medicine Cabinet. So check out the alternativemedicinecabinet.com to learn more about her and her books are available on Amazon. Kathy, so thank you so much for being a guest today. It was great to oh, have you. Oh, you're so welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. Chris. Terrific. And we will do a write-up and provide the transcripts and the links to this interview on theauthorincubator.com slash blog. So if you tune into the blog, you will, you'll see our producer will do a little write-up about this, and there will be transcripts and the links to listen to this recording. Uh, so if you missed anything, that will be available to you. And then we will be back here next week and uh, – We'll be talking to another author about their book journey process. So hope to see you back here over at the Author Incubator for Book Journeys Radio next week. This has been another episode of Book Journeys Radio, where we're changing the world one book at a time. To find out more about how you can get your book written, published, and promoted, visit www.theauthorincubator.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.